Charvel signature model. Today's episode is brought to you by Guitar Player Magazine and GuitarPlayer.com. And we also have a special treat for Prashant from G7 Capos. We'll get to that later. And he's going to show us a couple of his new singles. Welcome to the show, Prashant. Thank you, man. I really appreciate you like, for doing this over. with me, man. Of Likewise. course, man. My pleasure. Absolutely. Check one, two. Yes. Check, 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 check. Prashant Aswani here yeah. with Jude Gold. No guitar is safe. No guitar is safe. Unfortunately for me in this studio with a lot of guitars. Yes. No guitar player is safe in here. <laughs> check one, two. We got it. All right. Else. All right. Hold yeah, on. Okay. Check one, two. Hey. All right. All right. Let's do it. Holy shit, plugging in with Prashant Aswani. All right, one, two, three, four. man hanging out with Prashant Aswani finally we've been communicating for years yes and then this podcast brings us together it's so awesome man no guitar safe podcast I'm Jude Gold Prashant Aswani the beautiful new Charvel signature model brought to you today this episode by Guitar Player Magazine and GuitarPlayer.com people guitar player play better sound better why am I shouting what's up how you doing man thanks for having me 
It's great to be here in this this wall of amps you got here. We're looking at Bogner, Bogner. I got the Soldano going here. And gosh, there's all this other stuff around here. Friedman, uh, EVH. Yeah. And uh, I love your playing so much. Thank Why, you. Play a little more for us, man. All right. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you have so many just killer tracks that have just deep solos on them. Like, I was listening oh, on the thanks. car ride. I mean, the copter ride over here. Oh, helicopter. yeah. Good, man. Riding Change large. of seasons. Oh, yeah. And uh, maybe I can play a little bit of that and fly it in, but uh, that's, what's going on with that kind of a solo? Um, Change of seasons. That was I did that album a long time ago, that track and album a long time ago. Um. I'm trying to remember. Um, that's got a real Indian vibe, like to the, in the beginning, kind of like with the with the stab chords. It goes gunk gunk gunk, and then it's got that kind of static groove with the bass. You know, yeah. I think it's like. Uh, Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, so I wrote that bass line um, yeah. first in that song, believe yeah. it or not, and then I just started kind of adding to it in the demo, and then of course that record was produced by Greg Howe. Oh, cool! Yeah, and he ended up playing bass. You know, he copped the line and played the yeah. bass. You know, so it, it ended up working out. Is that just kind of almost like a Holdsworthian kind of? sound in that solo or something or? yeah i so i i'm trying to remember the yeah. solo um maybe we you can yeah. play it for me Ian. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. So that solo, I, I think, uh, yeah, I was much younger. I was in my early mid twenties actually when I did that record. And, um, so relatively fresh out of Berkeley and, you know, all into changes and stuff. And so at that time in my writing, I heard changes as kind of movement, you know, for, 
for composing because it was so fresh just you know studying jazz composition and and but obviously jazz is not my style um of my genre but uh so i just incorporated that <laughs> into like the rock thing right and so um yeah yeah man i mean that it's good to hear that solo again and just a lot of fire a lot of youth you know um but things yeah. I've I've changed a lot I think oh, composing yeah. wise you know and you know I've gotten more into kind of like simpler structures with tunes um, and really I think I've kind of gravitated into more of the melody matters in you know to a degree even though it never it, it didn't not matter back then but now it's really about that for me yeah. you know and having you know I still have the crazy arrangements with the interludes and stuff in the middles of the songs but. Um, I don't do as much like dramatic chord changes and modulations. There's modulations and stuff for sure, yeah. but they're like one note changes in chords and harmony that create yeah. mood and vibes. So I, I think I, that's yeah. more the way. Do you have I've an example of, of that that you like to yeah, play? Yeah, so or? like I mean, like something simple, like like um, like I would go from major to minor, right? So like if a, uh, here's a progression that I like kind of have that I play a lot. Um, so like. So I'll chromatically descend on the bass note. And then when soloing, I, you know, eliminate notes out of the scale to kind of keep it in the same key, even though there's a chromatic bass passage. So... Exactly. It's awesome we got these amps getting some great tones at a just true like living room volume here in, the, in your home studio. Yeah. And, uh, these are Bogners and Soldanos and we're kind of almost talk over level. Yeah. Reinhold, Reinhold and I are <laughs> go way back. We're pretty close. We've worked on a lot of things together, but he, he always modifies my amps to be able to um, get like maximum tone at a lower volume, you know? And so I don't have to use any power yeah. brakes or conditioners or anything like that or not power conditioner right. what are they called uh power soaks yeah exactly i don't have to yeah, use any brake. of that and even with uh <coughs> like my plexis and stuff he'll add a you know master volume yeah. you know so it's 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 a great it's a great little trick to add yeah um and then obviously when i'm recording i can crank it and get a different type of thing but i don't even really need yeah. to crank it too loud to to insane levels because i got sweet spots at a lower you know like nine 11 
I don't have to go past one o'clock really yeah. um, on my master volumes uh, because of the way we, he's, he's a, he's a genius, Reinhold. So yeah, that's cool. Yeah. And it's great that you get to work with him. <laughs> yeah. It's been a blessing. Nothing short, man. So, so, um, we'll get, we'll hear some of your new singles that are coming. You oh yeah. A couple of those coming up, but maybe we can get the quick bio on you. Like, sure. Where did you grow up? Did you grow up in the Bay area here? I grew up in the Bay area. I was born at, my parents immigrated to Atlanta, Georgia. Um, that's a whole other story. Um, where from? but from India. What part? Um, New Delhi, but like it, they were born in uh, British colonized India. So like where they're exactly from and all of that is a little bit complicated because the country was divided in two, right? So, um, uh-huh. but New Delhi basically, yeah. uh, North India and, um, and they emigrated to Atlanta. That's where I was born. My sister was yeah. born. And then we moved to the Bay Area pretty young yeah. and I grew up here. I know you uh, played tabla as a kid. I did. How did some of this Indian influence from that kind of music well, my dad, go into your guitar? That's a great <laughs> question. And I don't know if I've actually really explained that uh, before, but I, I'm glad that you asked that. Um, my dad loved Indian classical music. He loves music. You know, the <sighs> guy too. just loves music. And, um, and he would go to concerts, and I just would, like, get engrossed in these two-hour, three-hour-long concerts with intermissions you know and, yeah. and it was all indian was classical music song. yeah exactly <laughs> it is yeah it's one long passage of thought right yeah. and 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 it's really like a prayer you know is what yeah. it is right it's very devotional music and so but i just like loved hearing it and watching these guys play this and i was hooked like at a young young age because he would go to these we had in our community yeah. there's house concerts right so these big huge guys like Zakir Hussain and these big celebrities would go from house to house and set up concerts oh, wow. and so they would do it all around you know that's how they would tour back then right and so because um, it wasn't necessarily popular in the masses right. per se as much as yeah. but the, you know to serve the Indian community and to be musicians that's how they kind of did it right and so i got to see like these masters like renowned legends really perform all the time and i was so engrossed in it and tabla was the instrument that i really wanted to play and so i studied that for quite a few years uh with the teacher i learned all the uh you know the things to say and stuff, you the know, rhythmic syllables. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. That's the best way. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And so, in fact, my, my teacher wouldn't even let me touch my tabla until, um, I could rep- say, sing the rhythmic phrase first. Right. So I had to do it. It was kind of was, it was kind of a pain in the ass, but, um, cause I was a rebellious kid and I just wanted to go for just it. Just wanted to jam. Yeah. So that's when, you know, I transitioned to guitar. Like at that, I was a little bit older. I was like 12 and I'm like, I got to play guitar. Yeah, I went to India with Greg Howe, actually. Oh, okay, cool. As a, as a second guitar player. And uh, we got this awesome box. Me and the bass player, Kevin Viccioni, we're in a music store. Yeah. <laughs> and they have a box that's like the, what do they call the tamburis? Tamburas? Oh, tampura. The tambura. I have sorry. two of those boxes, actually. Yeah. And, and you, you get turn them, it and you get tune it. And it just gives you that constant drone. drone. Yep. Yeah. And... It's cheaper than hiring people. Heck yeah! <laughs> it was just so cool. It's it's interesting. It's super like you know, you know, eight bit, four bit dot matrix sounding, but yeah. it's um they're great. Yes, I, I have a yeah. couple of those yeah. too. Now I'm sure you can get an endless YouTube video of it going, but but it's nice to have that separate box. 
I agree because yeah. you can tune it and change the tempo of the of the plucks of the string. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty. It's great, actually. You know, and two of them in stereo that would be dope. Like that, what you I, have going. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I think it's got some eighth inch outs. You know, we can figure it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyway, yeah, I've been to India. Almost went to New Delhi, but Obama was landing that day, and they oh. canceled the show. They're like, this city is going to be insane with road closures. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. So we actually didn't get to do that. Well, that's but cool that you went. How did you like it? That was incredible. One of the most amazing trips yeah, of cool. my life. You know, oh, I mean, nice. it was definitely eye-opening. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, first of all, I love spicy food, so I was doing way better than the rest of the band. Oh, good. They can only handle so much spicy. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was incredible, and it also, you know, driving in from the one we came from one town into Mumbai. Okay. Went all through the countryside, and you start coming in through the outskirts of Mumbai. I mean, you just realize how fortunate you are living anywhere in america in terms of you know financial situation sure i mean but but it's amazing how yeah. happy yes no matter totally. what the financial status is of someone there it's like they're so happy it's funny you should mention that i met this guy he spent his whole life with like a, a bicycle with like a wheelbarrow in the back yeah it was his whole life he was the happiest looking guy yeah. i ever met in my life and he was like 80 years old it's remarkable yeah it, I, I, it's, it's something that's what I get reminded of when I go back. <sighs> Thank you. Um, is, is that like, they're just so happy, you know, genuinely in the core, man. I mean, yeah. and, and so, yeah, you're right though. It does bring a lot of gratitude for having more material, you know, oh, luxuries, but at the same safer. time, uh, you know, it, that the material <laughs> shouldn't really determine your level of this woman came up to the car window in the busiest street like five lanes it was like a freeway almost yeah greg was gonna give her some and she had a baby and she started the car started moving she's chasing after us in traffic he managed to give her the money yeah and we felt great about that but it was like whoa you know yeah i mean you know i mean it's (laughs) it's a it's a brand new country i mean it's only what since 47 it was uh the independence was formed so right and then there was a civil war so yeah i mean you know at the end of the day it's pretty brand new country you know i mean you know a couple of hundred years of colonization i mean it takes a while for i think interesting yeah so so what since 47 so like what 70 years 60 70 years you know i mean not I mean, they're doing good. I mean, you know, a lot of development. But, yeah, I think, I think oh, yeah. you know, with the birth of any kind of independent country, it takes a long time to, like, reestablish the culture and all the stuff, you know. But maybe yeah. maybe they never lost the culture. Maybe somehow, you know, you know, through all of that process, they, they people were able to keep it. I think that that uh, happened, you know. I hope so. I mean, yeah. The music, as someone who loves psychedelic music, there's yeah. nothing to me more beautiful than a great raga that's just getting oh. taken to the moon and back, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's what music is for me, right? I mean, yeah. that's how it was defined initially to me. Like, it wasn't defined by, you know, modern pop or the Beatles or all, you know, all the people that I know or that are influenced by. It was, it was defined by this yeah. mood and this vibe that was created, right? And so, um, I think for me, learning as much as I could, I mean, I still have a ton to learn, obviously, you know, as a musician, but um, learning as much as I could about Western music, I still have more of a connection to when I listen to, like the vibe matters. Even with Western music, the vibe really matters to me, you know? Yeah. You know, probably more so than anything else technical or anything like that. Vibe, groove, pocket, just the basic. You know, I saw Ali Akbar Khan once. Oh, man. And he was amazing. Yeah. 
but the stage was all the way down these stairs. Okay. And it was like in a church in Berkeley, California. Okay, yeah. And it was a really great opportunity. But then the intermission came, and he didn't want to. He was like, you guys just go take intermission. I'm just going to kick it up here. So <laughs> yeah, he just sat up there for like half an hour or 20 minutes and yeah, just enjoyed Maybe someone brought him some tea or something. And then we, everybody came back, and then he did the second set. It was yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, you probably wanted to stay in the zone, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, because, uh, I mean, because, uh, you know, you're very, they're very accessible, you know, these legends. I mean, they're, <sighs> people are there and they they want to connect, yeah. but they also need to stay in kind of a, a prayerful mindset, you know, and in a zone because to deliver that kind of a two-hour improvised performance requires, um, it requires the the mind and the soul to be undisturbed. And I think that's where meditation comes in a lot with with my culture in general. Um, and it's, yeah. it's, it, it allows you to stay in that place so that you can deliver that performance or, you know, in, in a ragas yeah. sense, it's more of a devotion, right? So you can yeah. continue with that, right? Well, it makes perfect sense to me how much it has in common with maybe a jazz thing or someone's stretching out and taking it like a Coltrane or something. Yeah. Taking it to the moon, as I said, and, and back kind of. Yeah, like so that's spiritual. interesting you bring up Coltrane because I really resonated with his soloing. Like, I know that he meandered for like 13 minutes at times, you know, but but I would listen. It, he would take you on so many countless journeys in just one solo, right? And so, yeah. like, yeah, I agree with you completely that it's, it's a very similar thing. I mean, he was in a zone, you know, and he was just going for it, you know, and it was spectacular. Yeah. And you know? spiritual, just like you said, like it's yeah. all tied together somehow. I mean, I believe it is, you know, I'm sure yeah. everybody's got different perspectives yeah. that are valid, you know, yeah. I, but for me, it is a spiritual And I guess thing. how you define, it depends how you define spiritual. Sure. It could be, <laughs> some, for some people it's religious, for other people it's just like the music is taking you to a higher place. Correct. In your future, you know. Yeah. Like, I like that, that definition. Zone, that's kind of what I'm, yeah. Yeah. I like that definition because it's, because it, it, it's, it's really um, music. I found is something that can can touch all people, of yes. any belief system, any sort of ideology. It doesn't really matter. It can the same piece of music can, you know, resonate with yeah. everyone. You know what I'm saying? Universal language. It really is. Yeah, it really is, and that that's appealing to me because yeah, I mean, you know, in my lifetime, I just see all the battles are because of words and stuff, right? You know, and, and, and really, right. a lot of times, people are saying all the same stuff, you know? <laughs> just, yeah, and they, they like the same music. Yeah, exactly. They all tap you know? their foot to the same music. You know, we all want basic, fundamental yeah. Yeah. respect and, you know, courtesy, you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, but music music just yeah. compels people to, like, feel, you know? And that's a, it's a good thing, man. Absolutely. So... Yeah, I guess back to the original question. And yeah. it's hard, what a big question, but yeah. how is some of that showing up in your rock guitar? Well, I think it's probably, so that's or great like a, Anything from a tabla rhythm or? Yeah, I a, think, I mean, I think rhythmically I'm connected to to the tabla for sure with when I write rhythms. Um, I'm, I, I think I write some unique and unorthodox type of yeah. riffs. Um, but you know, I'm, I very much play guitar like a guitar player, right? There's a, there's kind of yeah. a way to play it. Um, but I think more so it's, it is about that kind of zone vibe places where it's gotten into my true core. Right. And so like yeah. I had to go through different phases of, you know, musicianship, um, because, you know, after learning all that stuff at Berkeley, it allowed me to, um, kind of get all this 
excitement with the knowledge I had, right? And I wanted to incorporate yeah. that, you know? Um, and so I've done, I did those phases, you know, and I'm now I'm back in a place or I'm in a place forward, moving forward where like, I'm, I, I, my, my original understanding of what pulled me into music is what I want to communicate to, uh, the audience, you know, and, and I, I hope that I can give put people in a zone with my tunes, you know, cause that's really what it's about for me now. Yeah. Great. You know, so all the theory, all that stuff, even though I still know it, right. Mm -hmm. And can apply it and teach it or whatever it may be, uh, or communicate with yeah. other musicians on a gig. I don't, I don't, I try to not even think about any of that stuff at all when I'm writing a piece of music. Oh, yeah. Right. So I write a lot. I write a lot. And then when like out of and regularly, right. So if, if, if something kind of, I remember for a day or a two or a week, then I'm like, okay, I got to do something with that. You know? Yeah. If it's hanging around and yeah, it's hanging around. Making so yourself known. It's, <laughs> it's got a vibe. Right. So then I develop yeah. that, you know, and, and I try to keep the arrangements relatively palatable and simple like a pop rock format, you know, vocal yeah. format. You well, know? let's listen to one of your new songs, a brand new single. I don't even know if it's out yet. It's not yet. It's They're, they're dropping soon. Yeah, you know, you sent me two of them. I did. Which one do you want to start with? Let's go with uh, Isolation. Yes. I love the ending on it too. Oh, with the, the solo. Ending, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like all your background parts in that song are beautiful. Let alone, thank you. Can you show us some of the stuff that's going on there? Or? I wish I could, um, <laughs> but I don't even remember oh, the tune. Good. I have no idea. Like what? I the, love that. I have to listen to the song. Yeah. So it. just, just so you know, like when I'm. That's a sign of someone who's working a lot. Uh, well, when I, I I write and I record almost in an improv yeah. improvised way. Like, um, I never really rehearse. So I'll yeah. improvise, then I'll like piece together the arrangement, 
then the drums so, yeah, will get down. So how did you make that? Did you come up with like the background riff first? Kind yeah, of, throw probably. Throw it down with a click, maybe add some drums? Or? Correct, yeah. So that's the process. Um, I basically write a skeleton arrangement, right, with no added parts, no melody sometimes, or just the melody sometimes. Um, and then I get drums on it. In this case, you know, Jose Pasillas played drums. From Incubus. Yeah, exactly. And uh, and we've worked on countless number of tunes together. Um, he He... he he and I work really well. He's a, he's a great human being, a musician. Um, is that um, Pete Griffin on bass? Again, Pete Griffin, yeah. yeah cool. And so, so yeah, the drums are laid down. Then I lay down all, through an improv way, I lay down all the parts for the whole tune, like all the bed. Yeah. And then I get a bass player in, and, and Pete played bass on a ton of my tunes that are coming out this year. Um and he comes in the studio, and man, it, what an awesome guy yeah. to work with. Do you bring him in literally? or is Yeah, he, but yeah, he comes in literally. Like, yeah. he likes that. And I yeah. love it, because, you know, we get to vibe off each other. And, yeah. he, you know, m- more than often than not, he knows what to play. But, like, sometimes yeah. he'll he'll ask me, like, what I what my opinion is, you know. And um, I'll give him an idea or something, and, uh, and then he'll go with that um, and really crush it. And so that's – working with him is super fun. It's been great. You know, I think we've done – probably 15 or 20 tunes together like that That's, yeah i've played a, with him a few times the baked potato and stuff okay and yeah man just such a killer dude just super chill and always plays chill. the right thing yes he's one of those guys he's very uh, yeah he's he's just a great hang man you know like and his energy is phenomenal you yep. know living um, up to the bass player <laughs> cliche that we like yeah exactly the band together he he does and he really <laughs> does man he's super musical you know he understands about like keeping the song in first you know and that's what i love about his his playing and attitude you know but but then yeah and then and then i'll i'll you know figure out melodically what i'm going to do sometimes yeah. like and and usually that process I'll noodle for a while, you know, a couple hours, but um, and record everything that I do. And if I hit something cool, then I'll develop it. But a lot of times, more often than not, um, all that noodling is just really practicing to get my hands warmed up because I don't necessarily like any of it. And I'll, what I'll do to get a melody is I'll actually sing uh, internal. Yeah. I'll sing while it's playing. Yeah. And then I'll find those notes that I want and the rhythm of where to place them. And then I'll put it to guitar. So singing that that melody is critical for me. And you know, I learned that I think at Berkeley, and then Greg Howe actually really instilled that in me because I think that as a shred guitar player is what people like to say, right? Um, and having te- you know, when I was younger and did those records with him, uh, you know, having facility on the instrument yeah. and being excitable, um, I would play too much, you know, and it wasn't really a melody. And Greg was like, can you sing that? And I'm like, no, I can't. He goes, well, that's a solo then, you know? And I'm like, it pissed me off when he said it, you know? <laughs> but he great. was right. He was right on the money. And, and I, there was, there's probably a, a good grip of things that I learned from Greg that were harsh but really important uh, for my, yeah. my journey in music. scat and sing while you play? <laughs> like Marco Mendoza? Yeah. George no, Benson. I can't. Can't do that. Or Richie Kotzen, even yeah, George Benson, Richie Kotzen does it. Uh, no, I don't. I can't do yeah. that. Oh, I mean, I, I I do like pentatonic stuff, but I'm not yeah. really a singer. Right, you know, right. I mean, I can sing backgrounds just, and sing too. Just for writing but, and stuff. Too, okay. Yeah, that's but that's maybe I'll try that. I know what you mean though. I take take a melody out of your head and like, yeah, see you know. I mean, the more I play guitar, I was listening to like Louis Armstrong the other day, just playing uh, trumpet on yeah. Orgy and Bess. Ain't necessarily so. 
Like that is like if you, if I could ever play guitar like one billionth as simply and powerfully and three dimensional and filling the room. Yeah, the way he does on that. That's where I you know that's that's where I want to be someday. Yeah, well, that's I mean that's a remarkable. That would be a remarkable <laughs> achievement. I mean, I think for me on a like a musician level, like Jeff Beck does that to me. Uh, you know? Absolutely. I mean, Holy he. Shit. I mean, he. I mean, I covered one of his songs on my first record because he has always just been this guy for me. You yeah. know, since I was a young young kid, because he'll hit mel. He has melody, but then he throws in stuff that enhances those core notes of whatever yeah. the melody is. I, I never, to this day, I mean, I, like I'm mesmerized by what he has done. And I've been able to see him a few times and, yeah, and just too. watch it. I'm just like, gosh, man, this guy is just bananas. Yeah, and um, he would tame these really loud rigs and just, you know, pull the volume down to two and go up yeah. to four, up to seven. Yeah. And just control the beast. Yes. And have a huge sound. <laughs> yeah, he had dynamics that were, yeah. You know? Wait, what is that? That's, so, uh, could be, could be Stratus. so much man um this new guitar you know i oh. kind of mentioned at the beginning but yeah. congratulations first of all i love Thank the you. the paint silver with a silver matching headstock what do you call it color match headstock yeah a charvel yeah. rosewood fingerboard tell us more yes. about it you got there prashant uh i got my new <laughs> guitar my new signature charvel pa28 it's called cool and what makes it different from other charvels well uh a lot of things actually um even though it has the appearance of a socal or strat is where that came from um it's got this route this bout Oh, on the backside, here. right yeah. for the upper and so frets. This allowed for a little bit of a narrower body shape, 
uh, different horn shape, a little more chamfered edge than the Strat, so it's not as rounded. And um, that's how the body kind of came together. And um, so it is different, like side by side with the Strat or side by side with the SoCal. Um, it's a little different, even though aesthetically right away, it looks like it's a Strat, which is what I wanted, actually. I wanted to kind of keep it the same to some degree. Um, and then I, I'm using this bridge, which is a first actually for Charvel and Fender in general. Um, it's called the Wilkinson WVS 130. It's got locking saddles and uh, a two point. So it has a traditional look, but it functions like a locking bridge would. Um, it stays in great tuning, uh, tuning stability, and it's super easy to change strings, which was another additional benefit of using this bridge. So aesthetically, it was, in my opinion, it's the best two-point, you know, Strat-style bridge. So it's got locking saddles. Is it easier yeah. to change than a Floyd Rose saddle? Totally, because all you do is pull up all the strings through, you, you know, and then you just tighten these real quick, and then you, I go into these staggered tuners that are also locking. And so like string changes are like almost instant. And yeah. if the guitar's already set up prior to string change, which typically my guitars are, you just tune it up, minimal stretching, and you're you're ready to go. And which is great for in the studio because if I have to change strings because of too many bad solo takes and dirty <laughs> strings, you know, <laughs> in a little break, like yeah. a 10 minute break, right. To get back to it, I can do that really quick. So it makes, it makes a huge difference versus using a Floyd Rose. Cause you got a, a lot of extra steps with the Floyd Rose. Is that a five position switch? It is. So I have down and the cool thing about the wiring is, is I think it's unique to Charvel where it's all hum canceling. So I have down is, um, the bridge you go up, it's the two outer coils. The middle is both pickups. The uh, And the fourth position up is uh, the two inner coils, I believe. And then up is just the neck. And the pickups are also totally custom and brand new for this guitar, never been made before. So uh, these are the PA-28 pickups. They come in this guitar and Charvel and I designed um, uh, basically a PAF style pickup, Alnico three magnets, which um, I'm kind of a fan of tonally uh, with 42 gauge wire. Um, the bobbins, however, are spaced correctly for a trem. So rather than it being a traditional short, um, you know, shorter bobbin, it's spread to uh, the pull pieces can accommodate the, uh, the bridge spacing, which is tremendous. And um, they're, wound a little overwound so this is like 9k and this is like eight and a half the neck is so a little bit of fluctuation up and down with the pickup height really changes things in a good way you know i mean right. and so i'm a fan of that that subtlety plus having lower output pickups and high gain amps allows me to like really push the amp you mean like these amps it. over here yes those amps right there or these amps right here or those amps <laughs> um wall of paradise here <laughs> yeah would you mind uh, showing us a different pickup? Yeah, sounds? of course. Let me do that. So, um, I got a. Here's the bridge pickup, full volume. Um, here's the split outer coils. Nice spanky tone, retaining level yeah. volume. Here's both pickups. 
and then the inner coils. I have gains, so it's yeah. probably less notable, but they they quack. Um, and then, yeah. of course, the neck pickup, which I love. It's super throaty. Um, it's got... Um, it's just super throaty yeah. and articulate, you know, that for a neck pickup great. without it being harsh or kind of ice picky. I, they nailed it, man. They, I mean, they really made me my ideal set of pickups. And you have a nitro finish on that? Yeah, this is totally nitro. So it's a thin skin lacquer. You can see right here I dented it real quickly. Um, you know, it's, it's aging. It's going to be aging quite well. Yeah, a matching headstock, of course. It's always good to get the first dent out of the way. Yeah, I mean, you know, it was funny because I was sitting at my desk that's behind me and I was like on the computer like editing something while recording and, and it just fell forward and hit the <laughs> desk, like just like that. And, oh, yeah. and it created a dent. And I was like, wow, that's cool. It's a real thin skin lacquer, just like I wanted. Well, you, could, you probably childproof edges around here for your daughter but you need to <laughs> guitar proof the desk <laughs> yeah well i mean you know hey I, I think i do more damage to guitars in the studio than i do anywhere else believe it or not just because i have like i have them all laid out when i'm recording and i, I bump wood into metal like it's pretty crazy interesting is this a master tone knob there yeah so the the volume the volume and tone um are actually dunlop super pots so uh, I found that the taper for the Dunlop Super Pots is ideal. So this cleans up really well. So I don't, I'm not a big fan of switching channels on the amps, like, you know, with, especially with my own playing. I'd rather just have my yeah. tone and then use the volume to clean it up. And so check this out. So I've got full gain. And I've just turned down like three and a half. Yeah. So I think there's a treble bleed also in here, and it basically allows me to to have the full volume, all my frequencies still. I can turn down and clean up, like really clean up almost immediately with just one right here on the guitar, right? And rather than just switching channels to have a dramatically different tone, right? One thing I love about your guitar is it's only a thousand bucks right uh i think i think or the street's like thir yeah 1399 okay. yeah so it's a In little bit more yeah. yeah i mean it's got it's got really premium components so oh, yeah but um, i mean it's not like three thousand dollars no way it's like and it's made yeah. in mexico or yeah it's made in mexico yeah so this is the right. actual i'm glad that you brought that up this is the actual prototype and so you know i guess you know there's guitar players like you know use custom shop instruments and their signature models sometimes are not the exact same instrument that they're playing. And yeah. that was something I did not want to, to do. Right. So um, even though they're obviously the option for me to use a USA custom shop is the prototyping was there, I, I really insisted on making everything in Mexico by the same guys that are making the production models. And so... This is the original body that I received, and we went through three necks in um, Mexico to get the right profile and everything that I wanted. Um, this is that third neck, and um, it was all done by the same dudes in Mexico that make the production model. And um, 
and also I didn't want a lot of waste. I didn't want to, I didn't want to like have a brand new guitar made like every single time, you know, that was a thing for me. Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a instrument hoarder or collector, even though I have a lot of instruments, I'm not interested in instruments just for the sake of it. Right. And, and I didn't want to have a lot of waste. So I just said, look, just the body's great. This is a great tonal body. Right. And let's, let's just get the right neck. And we did. And um, I just kept gluing it back together with this. And, and so this is basically a prototype, but it's identical to the production model. There's really no difference at all. Badass. Well, congratulations. Is silver the main color? Yeah. So uh, Inca Silver Nitro is what it comes in at the moment. I love it, man. Really good looking guitar. Thank you so much. Let's get that cool nut. Yeah. So the width. Okay. Yeah. So the taper on the neck is very unique. Um, it's got a 42 millimeter um, nut, right? Which is which is a basic custom shop strat, right? It's 1.650, but it tapers as if wider, so that the strings have more spacing on the higher frets. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I don't fall off the fretboard. Like, yeah, I won't. There's no way I can play and fall off the fretboard here, right? So this is like a, a wider, modern neck yeah, down yeah. here. But here, when you're playing chords, it feels like feels right at home, like a strat, you know, like that's a traditional cool. instrument. Yeah. So, um, and that was that. That's unique to Charvel, you know. Um, and this this neck right here, this this is the only neck that I know of that has that. Um, and then the fretboard, rather than going with the compound radius, which is pretty common uh, for Charvel, I really just wanted a straight 12 inch radius because I wanted to adjust my saddles, which are all adjustable and have that nice curvature to yeah. match 12 all the way down, you know, and I don't get any buzz or any issues, you know, down here. 12 just works. It works for Eric Johnson on his strat. It, it works for me, you know, um, yeah. and it's a, it's a nice even feel all the way down. So you yeah. try that damn guitar. Yeah, please do. <laughs> here you go. We'll swap. So you I just handed, I, I had one here. Somewhere. Yeah. I handed you back your, uh, beautiful Fender <laughs> custom shop, but, yeah. Let me feel this. Oh yeah, this neck is great. Kind of unfinished. Yeah. Do you put any oil on it or anything, or you will? Or no, I I just it's just uh, I put hours into that thing, that neck. So. Yeah, man. Nice big frets. Yeah. So that's all. Yeah. Those harmonics are coming out with the neck pickup. Yeah, the neck pickup, right? Yeah. So they're very, a lot of there's, good overtones. Here's the bridge. Yeah, this is a keeper guitar, man. Yeah. Thanks. Now I'm just being the guy in the guitar shop who just starts playing and looking at you with a blank stare, <laughs> just going. That's what I want, man, people to do. <laughs> uh, congratulations, man. This is wonderful. I'm sure you work with Mike Tempesta. Yes. Who's he, the coolest. He says to say what's up. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. Well, so I say, tell him hello for me, uh, too. Of course, 100%. And, uh, yeah, he's a uh, Charvel, uh, what is his title? Like artist relations? Yeah. Artist, artist relations. Direction? I think for all specialty brands like Charvel, EVH, um, Jackson. Ah, yeah. EVH, yeah he handles all that yeah, stuff, the, you know, those new cool new EVH guitars. Yeah. They're great. Yeah, man. I'm not giving it back now. 
You don't have to, man. Play it. Enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah, it's strat's nice, man. Oh, I see. So with the Wilkinson, you do pull the strings through the block. Yes. And then you just lock it down at the saddle. Correct. So I don't have to cut all the... Oh, yeah. So I don't have to cut the ball ends. Yeah. So it's really easy. You know, you just flip it over, put all the strings through, right? And then you, you, one at a time, just lock it in. And then you pull them through there, and it's like ready to go. It's It's almost easier than... A non-locking saddle yeah. string through the through the bridge. This is easier than a Floyd. Oh I'm heck sure yeah! Have this with the locking nut would be the same as a Floyd. It would be identical except no fine tuners. No fine tuners, right? That's that's. I forgot about that. But you yeah. get to adjust the height of the saddles and stuff. It's cool. Yeah, you do that. Here, you can't I'll give do this that. Back to you now. Of course. Thanks for letting me check it out. Of course. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right, I got this. I got it. the strap back. Okay, you got the strap Did back. You, what kind of Herbie Hancock thing did you do? Oh, so I was working with a um, an artist named Daryl Diaz, and um, I played on his record Devotion. And he he at the time was the music director for Herbie Hancock, and so I got to be on the record with Herbie and like all kinds oh, of sweet. like incredible musicians. I was also in Daryl's live band. Um, so we did a bunch of gigs. Uh, it, you know, it, that was a really special experience because those guys, I mean, uh, those guys have music in them in just a yeah. tremendous, like, you know, I mean, the, the, you know, I don't, I mean, I'm stuttering because <laughs> just, just having that opportunity to work with caliber yeah. musicians like them you know i mean i can't even i was out of my mind you know doing it you know and herbie had like i would always rip you know like i was so young at the time i would just be ripping licks and stuff you know trying to hit the changes and things like that and and herbie you know he just what a sweet human being you know he so called were, me blaze you know like that was his blaze, nickname for me you know <laughs> it was funny so you were playing with herbie and daryl recording separately yeah. oh yeah yeah okay. yeah not actually oh. like in the studio Wait, with herbie? herbie did because he was there with the mix yes. down or something well no he was there oh, watching he was there yeah, we yeah, were yeah, overdubbing yeah okay, yeah I exactly yeah 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 but right. we weren't actually playing live right, herbie right. and i weren't actually playing live together blaze i like it yeah it was i don't know where they came up with that but you know yeah that's what he called me. He called For me sure. Blaze. Blaze Aswani. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> I'll take it. I mean, back then, I didn't even, you know, I didn't even pay oh, attention. Well, you know? I, yeah, I met him for two seconds at a NAMM show, and, you know, there's certain musicians that I've, that I've met, I'm just like, that's like, <gasps> just like, holy shit. Shook his hand. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so, that guy's so, I'm yeah. on a musical level. I mean, come on, man. I mean, like, just watching that guy play. You know, like yeah, this yeah. far away, it's like, oh my gosh. Oh yeah, dude, one of the mean, best shows I ever I mean, saw. It's amazing. One of the best performances I ever saw was a jazz festival where yeah. Herbie, even he had the killer band, everyone oh, was up there. Gosh. I think even Wayne Shorter was up there one of the years with him, but I, I think this is a different yeah. year. He went up and all of a sudden the band left the stage. It was just him and a grand piano in the middle yeah. of the stage. And it's like a 14 minute odyssey. Yeah, I mean, man. I mean, it was the deepest musical journey that I think I've been on. <laughs> yeah, him and Chick. I mean, Korea. You yeah. know, I mean, those guys. Like, I, I mean, like, they are so beyond anything I will ever be in a thousand lifetimes as a musician. I mean, it's just like the way they improvise and the notes and the direction and what. I mean, it's just crazy, man. It's yeah. so beautiful. 
and um and it, but it's different like the way they do it is different but they like you said if he meditates it's the same it has to come from that focus right and that concentration yeah. and meditation is a real effective way of getting that and sustaining yeah. that right um but the music inside of herbie oh my gosh man like i yeah. I, mean, I mean i just it's uncomprehensible to what's me what's the first guitar show you ever saw that gave you even some of that feeling you could have be maybe 13 years old or yeah or i so like, yeah it was actually could be so a rock band. Where, i where saw the feeling i saw a couple of shows young um that one was iron maiden power slave tour at oakland coliseum wow you know was that the one after number of the beast no power slave was the egyptian pyramids i I think it was yeah i think it was and it was at oakland coliseum in in like 86 or early like mid 80s but anyway right around yeah yeah and then and then i saw monsters of rock tour in 87 i think it was with van halen headlining man we were bay area boys yeah that's right and it was at candlestick scorpions scorpions yeah exactly docking metallica and vinnie vincent i think and I remember at the end of the Scorpion set, they did the human pyramid. Like, yeah. Like a cheerleader's thing. It, yeah, I think I remember it. Oh, good night. I don't even remember. But they were they were co-headlining. I think that Maybe night Van Halen played last. Yeah. I think so, if I'm not mistaken. But but so imagine those guitar yeah. players, right? Like, you know, James Hetfield and Kirk Hammett with that. I loved Metallica back then because they were yeah. Bay Area. It was like, it was all about them. Yeah. And then docking with George Lynch and his solos, they were blistering, right? Yeah. And, I mean, come He's on. Got some tone. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah, and the tone. I mean, I'm sure he was using a, an SLO or a 68 yeah. Plexi or whatever, right? But yeah, also just his bends and harmonics. Yeah, dude. And- I mean, what an emotional player you know just so much yeah. emotion and then scorpions i mean those guys they they had the tunes right i mean and the, they were great guitar players um shanker and i don't know how to pronounce jobs hobbs ts jobs maybe. yeah uh, yeah i guess i mean the, and and their solos were incredibly composed and melodic for every song you know like it was it was amazing watching them and their tone the they tone was ridiculous sound, yeah. yeah and then of course eddie come on man i mean yeah, I, I got to see Eddie probably half a dozen times in different iterations uh, of my life. Um, and every single time I watched Eddie Van Halen, he was smiling and yeah. full of joy. And that in combined with the notes he would play in his pocket. Oh, my God. I mean, like, come on. Like, his pocket. Nobody's got his pocket. It's his. Yeah. And it's so palatable to millions and millions of people around the world and his parts and his and his progressions and his improv like i mean the guy the guy wasn't filled with like a basket of mount of monster licks he had his few things but yeah. he could place it anywhere yeah. at any time perfectly and he kind of had a sense of humor with some of his playing you know totally like I'm, a, I'm a huge eddie van halen fan. first tour was when i was uh like 12 or 13 so okay. i diver down on up oh wow okay so, cool I mean, some people have seen like <laughs> 78 or whatever but yeah sure but that was like early you know early mid 80s but um yeah he has a sense of humor and i was just yesterday like i mean i listened to everything i was listening to ella fitzgerald she's got a sense of humor oh my gosh like, yeah you you're right like messing around with the nose and ah, like but that does not sound anything like her god that, let me take that back but she'll play with the note yeah. and have like 
a scent, like some fun with it. And, You're totally right. And I love that in, in some of these players. Yeah, that's, I'm glad that you brought that up because I think that probably I did not, I did not understand the levity. Everything was really serious with me with music because probably from just where it came from, right? This deep thing, right? You know, I mean, and I laugh about it because you can, right? It's, it's funny, you know? Um, but the levity, I think, is what really attracted me to guys like Eddie Van Halen because he's just so happy and I'm like how is he so happy playing this monstrous (laughs) stuff like shouldn't he be serious you know I mean maybe I come from that background or something but with you too man I remember seeing the 84 tour and just my memory I just like closing my eyes at night going to sleep just just seeing him playing the most amazing shit with a smile on his face yeah because that time I got a little closer you know I was standing on the floor yeah yeah Yeah. got to be like 30 feet 40 feet away I was like no no jumbotrons back then no screens no they didn't have any of that get up there yeah you did (laughs) you had to run and fight your way in man yeah yeah like for real (laughs) you know I mean yeah you don't want to get too close unless you're ready for battle yeah I mean (laughs) it's gonna happen you know you're gonna get a beer bottle smashed on your head at some point yeah or you get the crowd crushes and your feet get lifted off the ground and you're floating backwards you're like okay where's this going Uh, I'm dead there goes one of my shoes (laughs) yeah and obviously that can get really scary which is a whole other topic like sure Travis Scott concert and shit god forbid but Oh yeah, I've heard stories. But yeah, we man, yeah we know. those those old heavy rock shows used to be like that up front, man. Yeah, but, yeah. But I mean, I'll tell you, man. I mean, I just like it was effortless. It looked and seemed effortless when I watched Eddie play, and I was like, I I need to get that. How do I get that? You know, and yeah. you know, I mean, just I don't know. He he's one of those guys. You know, like Jeff Beck. He, he Jeff. It's Eddie had it all. You know, yeah. I mean. I, I want to throw I want to throw in Luke Luke same way man Luke yeah. I, I mean that guy's just having fun all the time and in every decade and he just yep. hits all the right notes I mean there's there's oh, yeah, yeah these, I mean yeah I mean yeah, Luke we've is, got some similar influences <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> I, I mean, love Luke I love seeing him play his solo shows and the way he talks to the crowd and com- tell jokes <laughs> his jokes are priceless um, yeah. yeah I mean yeah I've I've, I've I know Luke, so I've, we've had a yeah, few yeah. hangs, and and um, yeah, man, the, the guy is just—I mean, he's so yeah. fun to be around. Friend to all, yeah, all and he's just a—he's yeah. so smart, man. Like, and he's had so much experience, and like, like I just can't believe, like, like even that, like a guy like Luke or Landau, like the the sessions that they would be in, and those high pressure scenarios where like every second mattered, you know, yeah. they come up with these masterful parts. Yeah. You know, for these songs they've never even heard before that are like staples to all of us as human beings, you know? I yeah. mean, like, these are the guys, man. You know, those yeah. opportunities don't even exist anymore, man, That's to do sure. that, you know? It's, yeah, everything's a little different now. It, yeah, it's a, a lot more. It's a cut and paste world, man. Cut and paste, yeah. It Digital really is. Digital editing situation. and Completely. But that has its advantages as well. But sure. I, I would agree with you. So let's hear your other song that's oh. drop. Okay, cool. Which is, wait, I got my notes here. Letting Go. It's called uh, Letting Go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that one, um, I don't, yeah, that one, I don't even remember that one, dude. I mean, I uh, can't believe it, uh, you know.
putting out singles. Yeah, so I, I recorded a lot of material like through the pandemic, and um, I really just kind of, you know, I, I didn't have anything else to do, you know? And so um, I just recorded a lot of material. And so I wanted, I was going to make a record out of it, and I thought, you know, after listening to all the songs, I'm like, you know what? I was in a different headspace, even though like I might have recorded a song back to back or whatever different songs i was just in a different headspace with each song you know it was such an interesting period of time um and so for me and i'm sure for a lot of other people but i it, it didn't all come together as just one record you know and so um and plus mixing the record and um in, in fact those two songs were mixed by uh, nick morzov i needed somebody outside of myself to mix them um because i was just you know i didn't really yeah. I didn't really have the direction. So he did a great job. And then I think, um, so my, my, I just said, you know, I'm going to do a whole new record because I'm ready to sit down and write a full record in one sitting and I'm ready to record it. So that's the plan. I'm going to release a bunch of stuff. I think in two months I'm going to go and record a whole full LP and I'll probably sprinkle in 15 singles in between the LP. So it's a lot yeah. of material, but, um, you know, I want to get it out there because yeah. I'm, I'm I'm happy with the outcome of it. What is a, a week in the life of Prashant Aswani like these? I know you do a lot of producing. What, what, yeah. what are some of the stuff you do other so, than play guitar and release solo music? Um, well, I work with a lot of other artists, independent artists. Um, and that's kind of been something that I, I did a, a long time ago. I started like, I think back in 2008 or 2009, I started just really focusing on like being in the studio you know and it was important to me for you know a grip of reasons but um and i learned how to engineer i learned how to mix i learned how to do all kinds of stuff just on my own right and asking questions yeah. with guys that i work with that were brilliant engineers right and so um i just trusted my ear and got into it and i i started getting hit up by like independent artists that you know had budgets and 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 wanted to create stuff that needed development and so i got into developing artists um back then and it's been kind of a thing for me like i love doing it it's not yeah. it's not like this big glamorous thing where you know you got you know like rihanna right for instance right. however but it's really fulfilling and and that's what i do i, I develop artists i produce their records i co-write i mix albums and in between there you know a lot of other gigs will come in you know like i mean obviously the pandemic was a major slowdown for me um but you know working with ruckus yeah. avenue records uh, we had a radio show with them for a long period of time um i did a lot of soundtracks for their movies played bass yeah. and guitars on all kinds of stuff even threw in some compositions on one movie yeah. called the black prince i mean so i mean it's it's a constant like weekly thing that you know projects yeah. come up like that and so i just keep grinding man I'm, I'm blessed to keep getting the work and and you know i just keep going you know that's basically it's basically the crux of it that's awesome yeah like, i mean like basically like because i mean i do i i make pretty good money as a musician you know i mean and i have to because yeah. i've been i've been a dad since i was what, like fucking 24 so mm -hmm. like i've had to support all these fucking kids for most of my life um, and so like I just hustle man you just yeah. gotta hustle that's really what it is and then I do teaching shit for True yeah. Fire and like the jam play section of True yeah. Fire been doing that for 10 years 
Yeah, I love True Fire, man. I love those guys, Brad and Ali. And- I actually haven't worked in Florida. Yeah. I yeah. They bought Jam Play in Colorado, and I was with Jam Play. And yeah. so I would just keep going to Jam Play. Like, I just got back last week, this weekend, cool. you know, from there. So, so yeah, man. I mean, you have to just hustle. But it's not easy, and I'm spread thin. Yeah. Never ends, right? But a lot of good adventures in between, huh? Yeah, and, and you know what, man? I'll tell you all the gear that I've been able to get and accumulate in my life, you know? I, I'll liquidate chunks at times when I just don't have work yeah. for six months, you know? But I'm cool. Right. It's no problem. A little gear float. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, whatever, man. I mean, I never I never fuck with the core shit, you know? Yeah. But, like, I mean, dude, I like, I had 130, 140 guitars at one point. Like, what the fuck did I need all that for? Yeah. You know, I had, like seven or eight of those like yeah, that of, oh really i only have one now shop strats yeah i only have one now well, ne- that one let me know next time you're selling those other six or seven custom shops they're gone yeah <laughs> they're already <laughs> gone <laughs> but you know next yeah i mean if you want that i mean i could fucking oh. sell it to you dude i mean nah, yeah, I, I mean so. i'd give you a good deal on it but but that's a really good one yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's the one I kept. And then I've got like Les Pauls under there that are kind of unobtainium. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I'll show you those. I'll pull them out. Sweet. Anyway, well, yeah. So, um, yeah, anything else you wanted to mention? Or uh, I just want to thank you so much for, yeah. uh, for uh, meeting me. You got any other questions? You got to go or whatever yeah. you want. Yeah. I've got a capo for you. This is a oh. it's laser engraved. No guitar is safe. Oh, nice. From... G7th, they make the badass capos. Oh, really? Let me check that out, man. Yeah, you know, you just kind of squeeze it on there. It's got the rad mechanism. Amazing. Yeah, it's called the Performance 3 capo. Take a look at and that. A swag for you. Thanks wow, for thank you, man. being on the show. This is great. I'm going to bust out my acoustics Yeah. and, like, do some alternate tuning stuff. And then oh, yeah, it's great for clip this on. You don't mind if I open up the gift yeah, now? No, do you? of course. Okay, so interesting. So these are this is like science fiction capo. And that's yeah, it. I like to put them really close to the fret, actually, so okay. you don't get the string bend. You just push oh, that thing in wow. one of the yeah. Right there. Yeah. Yeah, that's you know, fucking bad. This is badass, man. I like it. Yeah, yeah. Those Thank are you very much, you're man. You just gave me Thanks. something that's like gonna. Who knows what's going to happen? Yeah, well, thanks to G7th, man. <laughs> they sent it over from England where they're made, and I oh, really cool. appreciate them creating some swag for the show. Yeah, well, they're <laughs> crushing it. So you're, you've been with Guitar Player forever. And a day. Yeah, yeah a long time. Well, yeah. since 2000, but for the record, I was full-time on the staff editor from 2001 to 2009. Okay. You know, like... Like big, big doc. 55, well, you know, one of the editors, but... Not the top. That would be like Mike Melinda. Okay. Yeah, he was the editor-in-chief. But, you know, I still, yeah, I work for them, have a title, Los yeah. Angeles editor, but it's more like, you know, I do the podcast that I created. Yeah. And uh, one or two articles every month or something like that. That's you know. cool. And Yeah, it's been some time. It's gone by. 2009, I came down to L.A., and that's when I first heard your name when I was uh, working at Musicians Institute. Oh, that's right. You were, you were the yeah. director over there. Of the... Uh, guitar program oh right, right. shit that's right i forgot about that yeah man time flies man damn you've done you've done time. some like monster like gigs man you've influenced a lot of people at those roles man oh well yeah if, if so hopefully in a good way <laughs> no i mean i mean that i mean you yeah. know in a positive way oh, i mean yeah. that's i mean that wow man that's interesting man i, I don't think yeah. i've ever met anybody that's like 
kind of been like executive at like these big time institutions you know guitar player mi i worked at mi for a minute it didn't go too well you were teaching or yeah i taught there um i I think it's oh six i started whenever jeff marshall was there he started we started exactly the same time well cool i don't want to take up your whole day you're good man you know just keep on doing this man Keep it alive to your 95, I like to say. Uh, well, it's just great hanging out with you here in this room with all these amps, these cool, Bogners and these Soldanos and EVH. Yeah, well, it's fucking awesome. I got an AC, too. I should have probably cranked it, but... Uh, well, cool. Thank you yeah, so much, Prasant. Thank you, man. Awesome. Really appreciate it. No guitar is safe.